Danny Shaw Rometta uh, on The Poptimist filling in for Taylor Berryman. And uh, today I'm here with uh, Scotty Chapman. Hey, Scotty. Hello. And uh, we're here in the basement of the booth, or what used to be the booth. Um, and we're just going to, I don't know, we're going to just kind of spitball, I think. Yeah, we're just um, going to hang out and just chat about a lot of things. Yeah, man. But uh, a lot of exciting shit has just happened, I feel like, in our world. Um, you know, I don't usually want to start with uh, talking about me, but I feel like some of the stuff that you have done, I am involved in. So let's talk, man. What do you think? Uh, how did Led Zeppelin night go? Yeah, Led Zeppelin night just happened last Thursday, and that was a blast. That was awesome. And we put that together, and that was just cool to see all that come to fruition and uh, be such a such a good time for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, like he said, Led Zeppelin night was uh, January 12th at the OG basement, and uh, it was the first uh, first of its, uh, well, the first one that we've thrown, definitely not the first Led Zeppelin tribute show, but um, the first one that we did, and it sold out, and that's dope. Mm-hmm. We had that idea how long ago? Uh, I want to say it was at least like six months in the making. I would, would say so. Yeah. I remember a couple a couple Cinco de Mayo tacos. Yeah, I was going to say it either started at El Fuego or Cinco, one or yeah, the other. Yeah, we had this idea of what was and what will always be. Yeah, man. And I just, I'm so happy with the people that got to be involved and, you know, how even though like we had hiccups, it still came together to be a huge success. And I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I was kind of stressed, like... When we first started rehearsals, I was like, oh, my God, like, how are we going to how is this actually going to happen? How is this going to work out? It's a bit of a daunting task. But uh, it, everyone came together really cool. And it was it's fun when you put a bunch of cool people and like talented people together. Everyone just kind of just it just starts to flow and become something bigger than like what what um, than what you could have made it yourself. It was just cool. All the musicians were so great. Yeah, man. I I thought about that. Like after it happened, I as as much as I know that I had a, a key role in making it all happen, I just, as I was watching the show and afterwards kind of reflecting, I was thinking like, there's so many incredibly talented people that there's no way this could have happened without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I thought that was so cool. Um, you know, and, um, yeah, everyone just killed it. I, I'm curious because we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about this. What do you think? And, you know, I this isn't to be negative. I'm just kind of curious about your thoughts. What do you think we could have done better? That's a good question. I think... Uh, Not to put you on the spot. No, I think like organization of just like pre-planning things. Um, I've, obviously, promotion was good because everyone showed up or like a lot of people showed up. Absolutely. Um Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's I perfect. <laughs> no problems. Well, it, I will say that I think I don't. I don't think it was. I don't think we were entirely lucky, but I think some things worked out in our favor, and mm. it helped make the night successful. Also, I was saying this to someone earlier. I think that there were probably a lot of people who showed up with the mentality of like 
okay, these guys say they can do a, a Zeppelin tribute show. Let's see what the fuck they're talking about. Because mm. I feel like there's a lot of older generation who, you know, I mean, old and young who love Zeppelin. And I feel like when people hear Zeppelin tribute show, they're skeptical. At right. First. They're like, okay, can like who's gonna actually pull this off? Right, exactly. Um, and I my guess would be that there were people there who you know, we're excited, but probably we're also skeptical and we're there to, you know, out of curiosity, like, oh, who are these guys who think can pull off, Ze- they can pull off Zeppelin. Right. But I also think that that works in your favor when you have someone who's skeptical and then you end up pulling it off. Right. It's like it hits that much harder. Uh-huh. I would almost uh, argue. But I also think, so going back to what I think we could have done better on on my end, personally, I think that, um, you know, I could have probably helped a little bit more with the coordination early on. Um, there were also some factors of, like, what we were trying to to get done and, like, where we were trying to house the event and that stuff. I feel like we were, there were a lot of what-ifs early on, and then as time went on we were kind of like okay we we've got to just go ahead and make this work right yeah i think i would have just been more prepared with the musicians or the music and like being more clear about like how everyone like just like what's good like what everyone's task is you know like what like all the musicians you know hey you're playing these songs this is when you're coming in this is what like you should expect we're gonna rehearse these three days it's already done are you in you know yeah and just like everything's already done this is what you have to commit to. Are you down to do it? And everyone just kind of knows what they're walking into. Cause we scheduled rehearsals like probably like two weeks before the show. Right. You know, yeah. It was, was surprisingly last minute. <coughs> yeah. So I wish we would have had all that done before, but, and we got to make it bigger. Let's make it huge you know, next time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So looking towards the future, I mean, I think the, the obvious thing is, you know, a bigger venue would be great, but what are some of the other things that you'd like to see at the next one? I think um, um, definitely, if not, like, I'd like to keep the core group, but, it, like, expand to more, get some more musicians, more guest artists, more singers, I think, because me and Leo split all the singing. So I think having more, like, I saw Bo at the grocery store the other day. He's like, oh, how was Led Zeppelin? Oh, night? great. And I was yeah. just thinking, like, He would have oh, been dude. great for that. Yeah, he would have been great. So it's like, it sucks. It's like, it's hard to ground up everybody, as many people as you can, because it adds to the workload of organization and coordination, but you don't also want to, like, leave anybody out. Or, like, have that feeling, it's like, oh, fuck, you know, like, we should have, like, got them on stage, too. So the next time, we should just, I think, more people. I agree. Or more, more musicians, more guest artists, and things like that. And, because um, Bo asked, is like, should we do, like, a different band, like a Van Halen tribute show? Or like, or are you just going to stick to the Zeppelin thing? I think we should stick to Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think if nothing else, Zeppelin Night should continue to be a thing. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm closed off to doing other tribute like what if we shows? did like an Aerosmith tribute show or Aerosmith something like that be, that would be, be so cool oh, I keep running into this I gotta change that but it would be fun to uh, to um, to yeah like I don't yeah do like different like band tribute shows every once in a while where we grunt kind of like grunge night and rare hair like yeah. they have their things but I feel like ours is a little different because we're like um, specifically doing a band you know it's yeah. not like an era or like a genre it's like now nah, we're taking this band and we're grounding up a crew of like 
you know some of the best talented rock musicians in Nashville and putting together a whole show for it. It's, yeah, it's a I co- was, cool concept. I was thinking about that too, that like most of the other Nashville tribute shows are like a decade or an era or some type of theme, but very rarely is it like a specific band. That could be because there's not a lot of bands with large enough catalogs to fill up a full, I don't know, tribute night, maybe. I I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't know. Do you know the reason for that? That like there's not like there's just like one band tribute show. Yeah, there's not. It doesn't seem yeah. like a lot of people do that in Nashville. No, unless it's like just a cover band. You right. Know? Yeah, it's like you either get a cover <coughs> band or you get like a uh, an era or a decade mm-hmm. tribute show. Um, I think the grunge night dudes. I think they did like a Nirvana. Yeah, the Ivans put that on. Yeah, right? I think the Ivans. I think one year they did like just specifically Nirvana. Okay, that's one cool. Time. But yeah, I th- I think any big band has like a pretty big big, big catalog. Yeah. Once you get in the deep cuts, because like if we go to the ne- Led Zeppelin night, do we got to ask ourselves like the next Led Zeppelin night? We got to ask ourselves, do we do like, you know, do we still do Black Dog and Stairway, or do we like do like? Yeah, there's some, so many. There's that like didn't a million other songs played. I was thinking about that too. Like, um, I think uh, Victor, he was like, he said something about like the song Custard Pie. Yeah, dude, there's a million. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's dozens. Awesome for sure. Led Zeppelin songs that we got to add to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I we definitely gotta gotta do that too. I I don't know. This might be getting a little extreme with it, but I think it could be. Um, we could almost even do like an album at a time just, too, or dude, something. Dude, that'd be cool. Just the whole album. Yeah. Just to focus on that one album. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man, it, it was a huge success, and I think um, looking forward to the future, the the opportunities are limitless. It's just a matter of what direction we want to take it. Mm-hmm. But um, tell me about some of the other things that are going on in your life. I know you've been golfing a lot lately. I know you like to paint. Um, tell me, let, let's uh, talk a little bit about outside of music. What's going on in cool. Scotty Chapman's world? In Scotty's life? Well, golf has slowed down because it's January, but I'm always out there. I'm actually going Wednesday because it's going to be 60 degrees. So, Yeah. Okay. So yeah. when was the last time you went uh, golfing? Um. You uh, golfed. Is went golfing? That's weird, right? Don't you don't know. say went. Golf, golf plural is just golf. Okay. There's golf. many golf. There's three golf. It's like that used to be a thing when with wrestling. People would always say, Oh, do you do wrestling? And we'd be like, No, we wrestle. We you wrestle. You don't do wrestling. We wrestle. Yeah, we wrestle. Exactly. <coughs> uh, so not so much golfing. Not not a whole lot. Just like once or twice a week. I went like two weeks ago, but I am trying to do a tournament sometime. So. What what's the date looking like for that? Let let's get a commitment. I don't know. Sometime this summer, I got to see what like okay. the sign up is for like a Tennessee right, like summer. golf tournament. I'm excited, man. Maybe like Alice Cooper out there, dude. Dude, I would love to come if you golf in a tournament. I'd love to come watch you. You you gotta come. Charlie would be there. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that that's a lot of fun. But that's just, I just try to get out there in the mornings when I can. And I haven't really painted that much. Really? Lately, no. I made one a while ago, but. I got the paint studio set up at the house, but I just got to keep going. When was the last one that you did? Mm, I don't know. It was like a month ago. It was, probably, it was before Christmas. And you mostly do like landscapes and Bob Ross. things like that? Yeah. Bob, <laughs> Bob Ross. Bob Ross style. You love but Bob Ross, don't Bob you? Bob Ross is God. He's awesome. He's God. He, he is great. <laughs> um, you 
do you you sell your uh, paintings online? Is that right? Um, I used to, but it's kind of slowed down. I need to like revamp my Etsy page. I do want to like have like an Etsy where like I sell like painting candles or paintings, candles, and um like jewelry and just like clothes and just like cool. Is Antonia gonna do that with you? Yeah, it's gonna be like a little project for me nice. and her. She's gonna make the jewelry and the candles. Or are you guys gonna do the candles together? Um, we'll probably do the candles together. She'll be do, do jewelry and I'll do paintings and whatever else we want to sell and just have like an Etsy shop to have like some online e-commerce business action going on. There we go. Uh, dude, I knew we were going to work our way into business because that's, that's wh- how all our conversations end up moving. Um, we're always talking business. But I know. I'm, I've been I trying know. to figure out lots of ways to create passive income and like um, not just generate ways to just make money other than just playing a gig, you know? Yeah. No, it's important. I feel like there's so many musicians in Nashville and just around the world who they don't have that mentality. They just have this one track mind. And I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, one track minded when it comes to like your music. If you have a vision, you should stick to that vision and go for it. But I feel like there's so many other ways to make money and there's nothing wrong with making money and being in business in other ways alongside being a musician. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like, you know, when you see a musician play on stage, like you just see that and you think like, oh, they're just doing that no matter what level. But like right. there might be so many things that they're involved if, involved in on the back end that like create their income mainly, you know, like they probably don't make their main income off like, um, playing gigs or something like they might make it off like they branded or merchandised a product and yeah. they sell that online and that's like that's how they make a living you know because it's just it's really hard to make a living off of music it really is you know yeah. you, you got to be creative if uh, you want to make it work and continue doing it and the music industry is constantly changing yeah. as well so it's it's always a new landscape to try and maneuver in the music industry mm-hmm um, but yeah, I mean, what you said about e-commerce, I, I think that's a way, like, in fact, during the Led Zeppelin night stuff, I was kind of looking, you know, just cause we were, I was tagging all the musicians. I realized that like Ricky, Ricky Dover, he has like his own, uh, I think it's like t-shirt and like his own pics with like his face on it and really? stuff. Did you know that? Um, no, I didn't. I know that he's like, yeah, done some branding with himself, but. They looked awesome. Really? I didn't buy any. I'm debating buying some. Did he, he add it on the merch table? Uh, no, not at the merch table. He has them online. Oh. Just because I was like tagging him and, and See, stuff. And that... I saw his profile come up a bunch. Um, and I, I was just kind of like looking mm-hmm. on his page. And I, I noticed that he has like a custom shirt and like custom pics. That's awesome. Ricky's smart. And that's just, that's how that you got kind of got to do it. Because every show he plays, you get some fans and they're going to buy things on his website yeah absolutely and i actually just yesterday i was working on setting up the garden of eden website and like updating it and i gotta figure out how to do this but i know there's a way to have you heard of like printful or printify and things like that because i think we were talking about that yeah yeah you kind of got my mind spinning about that yeah i i want to talk about this too because um yeah it's basically like a a print shop but it's all like online so it's pretty much you have a product and then they print it and then they ship it out for you is the way i understand exactly yeah and like so people will buy products through your website they'll pay you 
and then you take the money and pay Printify to make an order, and then they t- they ship it, they make it, and they do it all. And and um, I, don't know, I, th- I think it's a great way to because we have a bunch of merchandise, but you got to put money up front for it. Right. You know, it's just a great way to have just passive income coming through. We were not really doing much, like low maintenance, minimal investing, um, income streaming. Yeah. Well, and that's what I kind of mean by the. Like, I mean, that's not even specific to the music industry, um, but that it does, you know, kind of it, it is within the music industry, the merchandise business is that, you know, traditionally you would always have to go and, and buy bulk merchandise and then you'd get a shipment and then you'd have to sell it out or ship it out and, um, and wait to make your return. But yeah, now with these websites like uh, Printify, and I'm sure there's others, um, yeah, you you really can make, I would say, a, what would be considered a truly passive income. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all um, musicians and artists should be using this stuff so that way they can monetize. Because, I mean, tell me how you feel, but I, I feel like that's a lot of the disconnect that I see with musicians, at least at the, the level that I know, where they have this mentality that someone is going to find them and take them to the next level. But I feel like the truth is, is that you really need to figure out how to uh, monetize yourself first. And that's how you get recognized because no one wants to invest their time or money into someone who's not already making money. Absolutely. That's, that's so true. I feel like a long time ago it was like that. Like we're like right. it's someone like the invested traditional, in talent. Yeah. But nowadays, yeah, it's just like you're every musician is a businessman. If yeah. you if you play music and want to play music, you're a, you're inherently you're a businessman or a businesswoman. And uh yeah, and like you gotta figure out ways to make money by your through your artwork and that's um yeah, then there's a million different ways to think about how to do that. I mean like Victor from uh what's the uh What's the new name of their band? Calico Mantra. Yeah, Calico Mantra. Yeah, like he's on TikTok, and that's like TikTok's this big thing, and like he's yeah. like getting all kinds of opportunities through that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he gets. He said he actually gets royalties from TikTok. Really? Like from views or something. I'm not exactly. I don't even have a TikTok, so um, I don't want to misspeak. But uh, I believe through just like views, he gets pay. He gets royalties. Well, it's genius. I mean, he's smart because he's playing with hippies and cowboys now and hippies and cowboys have the kid rocks main stage gig. So every night he's got like three or four times a week, he's got this phone set up and he's playing in front of a packed house playing Freebird and right. Getting to the tips jungle. anyway. Cause he's there at the gig, but then he's also monetizing from through a live social stream. media and yeah. he's developing a fan base and network. I mean, that, that's, that's smart. That's yeah, the way that's he's so using smart. the gig and the, Rather than just showing up to a gig and playing and making three hundred or whatever and going home, you know, he's like he's utilizing all of his uh, his opportunities and resources, and that's how you got it. That's really how you gotta think about it, you know. And that's what I'm trying to figure out how to do for myself as well. Yeah. So the Etsy store, uh, kind of a tag team with you and Tony, jewelry, um, candles, your artwork. Do you already have an Etsy page up that you're going to use or are you going to start a new one like under a new name? That's what I was thinking because I have the Garden of Eden store, which was going to be like for Garden of Eden stuff. Yeah. But I want to have something else that's just like that way the Garden of Eden is its own brand and its own thing. And then I'll have like, I don't know, it's going to either call it like free and wild or like 
me and Tony are trying to start uh, a project called the Wildflower Band or like Wildflowers or something like that. So I oh, might cool. like have it play off like Wildflowers. I think that's a cool brand concept. But um, yeah, I'll probably have two, honestly. But the, the Garden of Eden shop is already up, but there's nothing on it right now because I've yet to like figure out how to get all this done. I just started it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we'll have to be on the lookout for that. You said so. You said you and Tony are uh, gonna start a band. Um. Yeah. De- definitely. That's like the, the the goal. Is it gonna be just like a you and her project, or are you guys gonna get other musicians involved? Um. We've thought about just doing like acoustic duo and just like doing that, but we definitely want to like have like a bassist and a drummer. And I mean, Dustin said he's down to play in it, and Leo might play bass in it. It'd be it'd be kind of like what I want to do rather than having like a band because I have a band with the Garden, and it's like it's like unified thing, which is great. But there's also like a lot of like tensions and things that arise from just like four people having sure. completely equal investment in one project so now it's like okay i got that and that's cool and let's like let that keep going but with this new thing i think like the basis and drummer that we'll have will just be like hired guns yeah and it'll be me and tony's like creative visions so so it is an original project yeah we have songs for it already too. really how many if you don't mind me asking probably like four or five nice yeah cool man yeah really all the songs that i have that would just they don't don't fit in the garden of eden they're like just more chill and I think they would be cool to like go to like a project that's like more like Lumineers, Fleetwood Mac, soft rock stuff. So and you guys will be singing together. So I'm guessing like a lot of duet. Yeah, type like, stuff. D- like a lot of harmonies. And uh, Tony is going to be like the primarily vocalist, but she doesn't want to sing all everything. So she'll let me sing like lead. On, on things too so it'll be kind of like a dual vocal but like harmony is it'll be really be really cool I think. i'm looking forward to that man. yeah that i think it'll cool. be awesome we have this I, i've never actually seen her perform at all really still no Ever? i haven't Mm-mm. no way well yeah no i mean i know she does and i've i've heard she's great but i, we'll I haven't seen her happen. yet i'll have to come out we just had two gigs today really yeah you guys together or her mm-hmm. by nice mm-hmm. so i'm guessing that's kind of where the idea came from was just you guys performing Pretty much. covers together and you were like oh we can just you know write songs and pretty much yeah and yeah and just me having songs that like i would bring to the group and the group just wasn't like into it which is fine and uh i was like well i want to do something with it you know and do, have you written any of them together or is it are they your songs that um, you are lyrically are they your songs? yeah i i, I did all the writing because i was i wrote them before uh, i met tony i think so do you but, guys plan to write some together? We do, yeah. Which we, I got to get back into songwriting. You know, I've taken like a long break from that, but um, yeah, we're gonna start writing together soon. Now I can't remember. I feel like she's told me, but does she play any instruments? She plays piano and she plays guitar, but um, but um, you know, it's just like really chill. You know, yeah. She's she's honestly a pretty good piano piano player. Pianist. Pianist, yeah. Is she gonna play piano in your project? Um, I would, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Awesome, that, that'd honestly be really sick. Are you gonna coach her or teach her how to get more? I mean, you're a pretty proficient piano player, mm-hmm. I think. Or not to put you on the spot, who's better? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she, we were playing this one thing, one song that I had, and I was showing it, and she picked it up pretty quick. So, I think. I might be, I might know more like jazz chords or I might know more music theory because I went to school and that's, yeah. re- that's really the only difference. Yeah. You know, technically everything's, you know, 
equal and fine. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear that, and I definitely need to come out and uh, see one of her Broadway gigs. Yeah, for sure. yeah, she's awesome. She's she's doing great. So, um, I also wanted to ask you this because I know you are working on getting your uh, realtor's license. Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about that and how that's going. That's been um, still a fun. I haven't really started it at all. I'm just been going through the courses, but. Um, I think the idea popped in like kind of the same reason, like diversifying yourself to like make a living in order to invest in your art. And um, I just think, you know, there's there's never too many things. There's not too many things you can figure out how to do in, in a way to make money. And uh, real estate's a great industry. My brother was always like he put it in my head a long time ago and it's something I've always wanted to do. And it was just this year. I was just like, dude, let's get let's go ahead and get the license and like start taking the steps to get the ball rolling. So your brother, he does he own real real estate, or he was also just interested in it, and that's what got you interested. He was interested in it um, before he started doing what he was doing, and I was going through a rough time with like music and everything, and he was just like, "Dude, Scotty, like, why don't you like, you could get into real estate and also do music on this, like, do music as well, and like maybe you could get some Airbnbs going, and like, I don't know, I just think it'd be really cool if like you got like." like your band and painting and like an online store. And like, you also like own some properties or something that you manage or something like that. And like, you have all these, you know, streams of income coming in that can just, you can just enjoy making music and just yeah. simply enjoy the love of making music. And I was like, yes. And I, he said that to me a few years ago. And I was like, that's a great idea. You know, why not do that? So we're going, and you own a home in East Nashville. Oh, you do. So yeah. you are a property owner. Right. So, you know, we're off to a great start and, uh, you know, um, I should be done here in a few, uh, few, uh, months probably with the, like the exams and everything. Is it difficult? Would you say, or what, how, what would you say is like the, the level of, uh, difficulty? Um, I think, from from what I've learned, like the hard the hardest things for me to like understand is like a lot of like the law and like legal stuff. Yeah, there's just like and there's just so much that I don't know because like I don't I haven't even done anything. So um, there's probably just like a lot of things that I just don't even know about or I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just like yeah, so. I mean, you're fresh. still learning. Yeah, yeah like for I'm sure. so fresh. I don't even know what there is to know or what not to know or what's hard. But um, yeah, it's just like understanding all the contracts. And things like that, because like you don't want thing, you don't want to make a mistake that costs someone a lot of money on a house. Absolutely, you know, I and essentially your and yourself money too. Right, exactly. So that's kind of like my big like fear of it. Just like like I don't want to like make a mistake, but yeah. um, it'll be I, fine. I'm, I'm sure. trying to like, yeah, I think I'll be all right. It's just you know, if I can form a band, I can do this. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, what what does it look like after you finish? your um realty training or um your like certification so what do you have to do after that do they um, just can you just start selling people houses after that or so how does that work from what i know i take the state exam once i'm done with my courses and then you do it through like the background checks and all that and mm -hmm. then all that gets approved and then from there <clears throat> the only way you can start selling houses is if you're like backed by a broker so i'd have to like work for a brokerage and like be and it's you're you're not like an employee you're like an independent contractor in a way yeah so i don't know how like the hiring process is or if they just like you have an agreement with them like a written contract or like hey we like we like represent you you know like if you get in any shit we're on your 
your team you know everything yeah. like whatever you're doing we're backing and overseeing so um that's basically the, that process now do you have to stay with the broker or um is there like a certain amount of time you have to work under them before because i there are realtors who are just by themselves right like eventually you can can you not just sell houses on your own or do you have to work you have to be backed by a broker oh really okay yeah. but gotcha. the um <clears throat> from what i understand the like the amount of like oversee that or like responsibilities that you have yeah like some real estate agents will like come to an office every day and that they'll but some of it's just like they're like since they're, it's an independent contractor like you kind of like work when you want like you or like you um it's you more, set your own appointment yeah you set your own appointments like, like you just you create opportunities for yourself yeah you can do a house showing or an open house kind of on your own terms yeah you kind of you get your own clients you get your own listings and and um you know, it's very, there's a lot of freedom within it, which I feel like will work well with the music industry because, you know, they can work together in a sense. Yeah, you'll be out playing shows and then at night and then during the day selling houses, yeah, making dude. that commission. Yeah, right. I, th I think house flipping is an interesting concept. My my goal is to just make a team, to develop a team of like, you know, contractors, investors, um, title insurance people, mortgage lenders, and uh, other agents, obviously, of course, and just like you know, the the network I have with like music in the music industry with like photographers and venue owners and yeah, bar owners, like all that is just now it's like okay, well, it's like I could do that with real estate the same way, and uh, and uh, you know, flip houses, like have property investments and pa more ways of passive income. Absolutely, yeah. So you is flipping houses is that um, something that is kind of like part of the plan for the the multiple passive or I hate saying pa like passive income streams because you always have to do like there's always work involved right like um, even with your business too yeah exactly like sometimes I'm sitting around on the couch making money but a lot of times I'm actually working right most of the time I'm actually working um, but is would you say that uh, flipping houses is definitely like in the future? something that you're going to be be trying to do i think it's um i'm curious to learn about it and like see if it's something that's like worth the time and energy but it, to yeah. me it makes sense and it's like you know a lot of people do it and it's like why not me you know what i mean yeah like, why, what why? better way to learn than by you know learning how to become a realtor because i you I, my guess would be that you'll probably encounter those you know those buyers or sellers who are either buying in order to flip or selling because they just flipped. Mm -hmm. So if you encounter those people, that is kind of helping build that network that you were talking about. Definitely, definitely. You so, know? yeah, I, I'm gonna I want to learn to see about that. I have some like um, meetings with some people like this week, like agents and stuff, and just like I really just go in and just like you know I'm just eager to learn. That's all. That's I don't really know much, but I'm eager to learn. So. Well, that's that's really the mentality to have when you're breaking into like a new industry because, um, you know, there's there are a lot of ways to make money, but, um, you know, I I think it kind of comes down to the whole like the old saying that you you catch more with uh, with honey than with vinegar or mm -hmm. sugar than vinegar something along those lines, um, you know, if you show up into an industry and you're willing to learn and you're not you know, worried about, 
you know, getting the most money for your work right off the bat. I feel like that mentality is appreciated Mm -hmm. from customers and just other people in the industry. I know when I started um, first getting into like videography, it was, I kind of had the same attitude. I was like, you know, I'm not very good. I'm not worried about making money right off the bat, but I want to go out and get experience and learn. And there were a lot of times where people would say, oh, what are your rates? And I would say, you know, pay what you can, you know, just let me know. Or, or sometimes it was just, this sounds like a fun project. I'd love to be involved. If you have a budget, throw me whatever, you know? Um, and I feel like there's a lot to be said for that mentality. And, you know, that's how, you know, I feel like that's how people who end up making a lot of money start out. It's not usually the people who start out and are worried about the nickels and the dimes that end up being successful later down the road. Right, yeah, you just do a couple of things, you know, you work for free for a while, <coughs> become a, you know, a master of it or an expert in the field. And Yeah, and... and yeah. You've oh. done no. You've done that with uh, videography because you work with Steve Knapp a, a lot, you know. And you got you um because you want uh, video like a video production could be a part of Eat Sleep Rock, right? Yeah, I really would. Um, and you know, I I'd love to be able to like make videos regularly or even have like a a podcast like what we're doing, but um on video mm-hmm. would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just had to kind of kind of learn. And not to go back to the the topic of Led Zeppelin Night, but I, I feel like that's kind of how everyone approached Led Zeppelin Night, too, was like we all just wanted to make it happen because it was fun and awesome, not because everyone was like, oh, how much are we going to get paid? Right. You know? Right. That was the whole mentality. Yeah. But now, after we saw how successful it is, we see the potential and we're like, hey, we could do this like even more badass Mm -hmm. and we could all get paid and we want it to be a charity thing that was the whole idea is to be a charity exactly but that was the one thing we could done better is to plan for that and um live stream it yes live so people yeah we were just talking about victor and his live stream so yeah that's that's another thing Mm -hmm. yeah man there's so many ways to make money it it's i could sit and think and talk forever about business and and different ways to monetize things because especially here um i feel like in nashville that there's so much creativity going on which is awesome that's why nashville is so incredible but i think there's a lack of business savvy well not so much a lack i feel like the business savvy people are in the shadows and they're working with the people who are doing big shit but they're not out you know, teaching other people how to do it. And I feel like kind of at the level that we're at, we get, we encounter a lot of creative people, but not a lot of people who, you know, like to talk about the things that we're talking about on how to truly monetize. Because, you know, if you're an artist and you're a creative, that's not really where your head's at. And that's great. That's what makes the artists good at their art. But I think it's important, you know, um, especially with the internet and the ever-changing landscape of the music industry that, you know, talking and thinking about how to monetize these things is um, increasingly more important. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, you got to be, be creative. Yeah. You know, to be successful. 
Yeah. But, um, yeah. So what else is going on in your world? Do you, uh, you got any show? You got, um, Garden of Eden has some shows coming. Yeah, we do. Um, we're actually playing January 21st at the East Room with Full Hollow and Blue Willow. Nice. That's a pretty (coughs) cool lineup. Yeah, no, that'd be a good show. I'm excited. Um, Have you played with either of them before? We played with Full Hollow, the basement, a while ago. They're so badass. Yeah, no, they're awesome. I've never, they're another band that I haven't seen, but I've seen videos of them doing like Primus covers. Really? Yeah. Gnarly. And I don't think we've played with Blue Willow. Um, I know the guys in Blue Willow. Matt, uh, shout out to Matt Johnston. Great guy. He does like most of the the posters uh for eat sleep rock shows including the led zeppelin night show and uh blue willow's awesome i've known matt for years and uh i know a lot of the other guys in blue willow and uh yeah they're they're good guys real talented guys and uh matt's just he's another one that's like he's he has that same attitude that we were just talking about like he just wants to serve you know the the creative energy in Nashville and he wants to like get his feet wet and he's not always worried about how much he's going to get paid but you know he often does make good money like I I mean I pay him for for all the posters that I do and um he's my poster guy now since he told me (laughs) yeah he does great man um so you got that show at the East Room and Mm then um do you have any other ones coming up yeah, right after that, uh, we're playing with Voltage Hawk at the basement on oh, the twenty ninth. Nice. So just January? Like, yeah, like a week a week later. Oh, nice. So you've got a pretty. And then the February January's, February ninth or... at the five spot too. Oh, nice. Who's that with? When did um, we put that together? We're playing with uh, Tribal Horsemen and this new band from South Carolina. I think they're called Entangled Dreams. Nice man. So probably okay. we're probably playing too much locally, but you know I don't know. It's just like we just want to play and we want to get away from like the <coughs> the uh, you know Broadway covers and keep our originals going out there. So I don't think that's too much, man. I think uh, I think you guys haven't played. I mean, when was the last original show you guys have played? It was probably opening for Mothership at the basement. Wow. Yeah, and that was that was November eleventh. Wow. Okay. Or wait, wasn't that at um, Third and Lindsley? Was yeah, that that one was in like October. Or oh, mother opening for Mothership. Mothership was at the basement. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was mixing up the show. Yeah, That's my mistake. No, Third Lindsley was like a while ago, but yeah, we haven't because of the holidays. We haven't played a lot, so it's just yeah. like, dude, we want to get back out there and start playing. Just the starting original the year stuff. strong, man. Yeah, and we're, we're trying to get on the road more and like play original gigs on the road. Um, so we're, I mean, we played Knoxville this month too. In, um, on Is that the gen- Preservation Pub? Yeah, we always play there. That's a good, great spot. So that's January 28th. Or, nice. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I don't know. I gotta, look, <laughs> I gotta like look at my calendar, but it's like January something. No, no, it's on the social medias and stuff. I've always wanted to go out to Preservation Pub. I've heard good things about that spot. It's Good it, crowds. And- yeah. It, it, uh, the people there are very cool. You know, it's very artistic. Yeah. Everyone there is just like, you know, a really interesting person. Is that a cover gig or original or is it mixed? Um, I mean, we, we do both, but it's like a long gig, like three hour set. You yeah. Know, you got to, they want to play covers, you know, like everyone wants to hear cover music. And, uh, but we always throw our own music in there too. And, you know, it always goes over well, which is great. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like the the cover gigs where it's like, you know, you throw in some originals like in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're always doing that. So, yeah, we're, we're always playing. We're trying to get in the studio to record some music because we haven't done that yet. And we're, uh, we have a producer that we're hoping to work with. And, um, but, you know, if not, like we want to get in the studio, if, if not like this quarter and like have music out this summer. Do you have any studios in mind that you're looking into or not yet? Really, um, we're more focused on the producer that we're you know, um want to work with. And you said you have a producer, right? We have a guy in mind who's interested in working with us. Like oh, the one great. thing that's delaying it is his agenda or his uh workload. That that's kinda like right. we kinda have to like work around that. So, um but you know, I'm kind of the type where it's like if I was sit around waiting too long to get in a a goal that I want to accomplish. I'm just gonna go do it anyway without you, right? And that, and so, just move on to and the just next. move on to another guy. So, if he's not, you know, in a timely fashion, then it's like we got to find a producer and sound engineer to like, you know, record a good song for us or two songs for us. So, so is um, is this next album? This will be your second album, correct? Um, well, we're probably gonna do like a just a single or like oh, something okay. like that. But gotcha. yeah, it would be like my second released music, but we're going to kind of like rebrand our sound to like the new thing that it is. Cause so is it a, is it going to be a re-release or, I mean, you don't have to say if, if you um, want to. There's just... going to be new songs. We, we'll probably do some of the, the old stuff. Like, cause it's just with Prince, Dan and Jeff, it's just, it would be, it'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Because the songs have morphed into like a whole new thing and like are very special. Everything that I've done, um, before the band formed, I was thinking of just releasing under my name. So, cause like that's pretty much what it was. It was like, it wasn't the Garden of Eden is what it is now. And before that, it was just, it was really just me with like a bunch of my friends, you know? So, yeah. I was just going to re release all that music. So it's out there under Scotty Chapman. Right. And then so the Garden of Eden can start fresh. Gotcha. So there's no released music with the lineup no. that you have now. No. So it's like, it, when That's it comes gonna out, so it's awesome. going to be awesome, dude. You guys are all so great. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like, seriously, you you have some incredible musicians in your band. I mean, you're you're a great musician, too, but you really lucked out with the guys that you got. Yeah. It, they're all they're all incredible. I'm, I'm very lucky and blessed to play yeah. with, like, Jeff, Dan, and Prince. Yeah, I mean, not to single him out, but everywhere Prince goes, I think... I think no one can get enough of him and his no. guitar playing. He's just he's he's a gem. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a superstar, and he I might just, be one of my favorite guitar players in that. I well, he's definitely one of. He might be my favorite guitar player in Nashville that I know. He's so awesome. Dude, the other day we were playing a gig, and I told him. I mean, because when I started the band, I was the lead guitar player, and I always play guitar and like sing. I was mostly a guitarist, but yeah. Prince is just such a shining star that i was just like yo man like you're you're the lead guitar player you do it like yeah. i'm gonna play rhythm behind you but you're gonna shine and like i'll sing and play rhythm give me a couple solos just so i can have some <laughs> right. fun but like he's the guy like i don't really want to just i i feel like if i'm sitting there playing lead guitar and prince is sitting there playing rhythm like it's just like we're wasting ourselves. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, he's the, he's the lead guitar player. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm a pretty good guitar player, but Prince is yeah. just, he's next level. He's, he's next level. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited to play with him and I'm just giving him that spotlight, you know, so he can just, he can do his thing. Cause it helps us, it helps the whole band out. 
Yeah. He makes us sound and look great. Yeah, that's that's for sure. It's been quite a journey for you to, you know, really get, I mean, a true band with like a, a lineup of dedicated guys uh, who want to play with you. Can you talk a little bit about kind of like your journey coming to Nashville and kind of how the Garden of Eden has evolved? Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I first got here, it was just about meeting everybody, and um, it really didn't evolve until I had, um, like, gigs that paid. That kind of, like, set the the difference. Because when you're just jamming with, like, you meet up with a dude you think is, like, cool and like you jam and stuff but then you're like looking at each other like all right well what do we do with this you know it's like right what do we get like you know we got we, there's got to be a gig there's got to be somewhere to take the band and then you know i played with dustin a lot and eli played with me like jared chris from multi ultra like there's just so been so many formations of it but everyone just it was just everyone had their own things that they wanted to go do yeah um so you had like hired guns for... essentially yeah wow. or just temp temp guys that were like this is cool for now but like this isn't like the life project who was the first nashville garden of eden lineup do you remember it was dustin on bass and jonathan swainston on drums and jonathan plays downtown for a lot of people now still too cool and uh after that it was dustin on drums and eli on bass nice yeah dustin just just switches back and forth yeah then after that, Austin Volpe played drums, and Dustin was on bass. Then, I don't know, you know. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it changed a lot. It changed <laughs> a lot. And then, but the lineup landed when I got some gigs downtown, and I could offer dudes like, hey, like, you know, you play in this band, you can quit your job, and, like, we can form something together. And that kind of, that brought Jeff down here. And then Prince wasn't really playing with anybody that he – um was committed to so he um and he needed more gigs too so he jumped in and dan was the same way where he was playing with cordell a lot and just needed some i think those gigs fell through and paradise park closed so he was looking for like a job so once the band turned into a job things changed yeah and then you can like okay then you can reel in guys that you like you really want and we've stuck together because we all like what we all do together and we we see the potential in it, and we see the value in it, and it, and everything. I think everyone's happy. I think I hope everyone's right. happy yeah. doing what they're doing, so they can stick with stick with it. But I think yeah, everyone's just happy doing what they're doing with this. So we've been together for a year now. It's crazy how much just like timing of everyone's lives has to do with like making a situation or a band work. Mm-hmm. Because had you not lined up those gigs kind of at the same time that, you know, some of the stuff with Dan was falling through and, you know, Prince didn't really have a whole lot other going of other things going on. And, you know, Jeff obviously was given a reason to move down here. It's like, in a way, the stars kind of aligned for you. They in a way did, yeah. Because, I mean, Prince is so talented. Uh, I mean, he could be playing with anybody, you know. I mean, that guy... And luckily, like he's, you know, there's so much loyalty with us. I don't think he could, would get picked up and leave because he likes what he does here. But yeah, it did, it did, the timing was, was pretty, uh, pretty uh, miraculous for it, for it all to line up for all of us to get together. So you mentioned a, um, 
like a, a spring or summer, maybe like run or dare I say tour coming up, what um, are there some areas that you want to hit any venues in particular that you're attracted to or states or what are your thoughts? I'd really like just to hit the nearby cities like Louisville, Memphis, St. Louis, Chattanooga, Huntsville, like all the, just in the neighboring cities. Yeah. But I want to do like original gigs, which is tough because like, yeah, like sell a bunch of tickets and like it requires a fan base, which ours is growing, but like it's not like that big yet. And um, I think, yeah, we're just playing original gigs in the neighboring cities would be sweet. Even if it's just for a day, just go out there. Yeah. You know, go to Louisville on a Thursday night and play for 12 people. You yeah. Know? Like that's what that's what you've got to do. Yeah, just getting out there and just meeting new people. Because in Nashville, it, it can be hard. There's so much going on and there's so many people trying to do the same thing that, um, you know, and I know you mentioned Broadway too. I'm guessing that after a certain amount of time, it's just like these people aren't are really there to just be drunk and listen to you know, the hits, mm-hmm. not to hear, you know, the Garden of Eden. Right, definitely. But Broadway is a good way to make fans um, that, like, aren't in your state or in your town. Yeah. You, know, you can, it, there's definitely benefits for it. I mean, people, we went to Atlanta and people showed up to our show and, like, they saw us at, on Broadway. Really? Yeah. Like, it's just crazy how that works. That is cool. And, and, and I've learned, like, too, like, like, as well as, like, playing out of town shows, um, people will travel like all the way from wherever to come play, see a Nashville show. So it's like, you wouldn't think someone would drive from Louisville to come see you at the East room, but they will like, it's nuts. Yeah, no, there is a benefit. I'm, I wasn't trying to completely trash Broadway because I think there's a benefit. And I, I think you would agree with this too. I think it makes musicians better. It definitely does. It forms bands, makes musicians better, but there is the downside. I mean, I think everyone who knows Nashville and, works as a musician in Nashville they they know what Broadway is they know right like, they they take it for what it is and they use it for what it is like if you need steady income you can get it there on Broadway it's just not there's a cap to the success that you can have there definitely definitely yeah because you can sit there and spin your wheels for years and like you know and you're like what did I do the past three years other than play at Kid Rocks you know yeah whatever worst broadway horror story mine you you got some oh, dude oh, man you got things that have happened drunk people people knocking over shit like anything crazy ever happened when you're playing on stage on broadway i'm terrible at being put on the spot because i have a terrible memory <laughs> <laughs> but um one Sorry. we were playing a gig and one dude got drunk and fell down and the whole pa system fell down <laughs> no it, shit. it broke everything and then that was the end of the gig where was that at Do that you was remember? just at the moxie hotel it was like a shit gig damn just like an acoustic like so some drunk guy he gig. knocked over the pa system um yeah damn and so did the gig just end that was it yeah they had no sound what do you, i just picked up and left yeah. <laughs> did you still get paid yeah they i guess yeah they had I mean, it wasn't your fault yeah they paid us and yeah I mean, I'm guessing you didn't get that many tips that day. Actually, we did because really? th- that dude who fell down, he, he was, did people feel he bad? was dropping hundreds in the tip jar. <laughs> the, the the dude who knocked the shit. I think kid? so. Yeah. Uh well, I guess it so, worked out it for like you a, then. Yeah, it was a he couple. He felt bad off. and he was just like, I'm gonna just throw some hundreds. And no, it was, it was before it, f- he, it happened. He was just oh, like, he's just drunk. Play Tennessee and... whiskey. Here's a hundred. Play Sweet Home Alabama. Here's a hundred. Oh, someone invite that guy back. He, he was did. trying to impress the girl he was with. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. That's what he was doing. I'm trying to think of another. There was uh, one. Uh, we got a note. Or, I don't know, let's see. Yeah, we got a note in the Johnny Cash's, which was kind of funny, in the tip jar. Uh-huh. And, it, like, it was, like, someone sat down and wrote this out. And we're playing at Johnny Cash's, so people think that, like, it's going to be, You're like, gonna get country. country music. And we yeah. play Led Zeppelin and, like, Aerosmith. Sure. So, yeah. like, this old lady, or whoever it was, I don't know, wrote, sat down and wrote a letter that said, like, this is the worst band I've ever heard. Worst Johnny Cash band I've ever heard. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves for playing such pitiful music. Yuck. Whoa. Blah, 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 blah. And just like, it was just like, and she put it in the tip jar. Wow. I couldn't believe, I was just like, wow, that's nuts. Like, Go to Kid Rocks. Yeah. Like, well, they play rock there too. Yeah. I don't know. Just go, if, if you don't go like to the band, Tootsies. Go Tootsies, they, they play pretty much country yeah, there. Yeah. That, that was kind of wild. I'm trying to think what else. But... Didn't you get punched on Broadway? Was I that, did. That, was that, was... that wasn't during a gig, though. No, was that it? was after. That was gnarly, too. What What happened? Um, We were, it was 2 30 at night. We were walking back to the van after the gig, and um, me and Charlie. We're, walk, we're walking side by side, and there's these three dudes in front of us, and they started talking to us. And it, the t- the conversation was super chill, and we were just like, hey, how are you guys doing? Where are you from? Like, oh, awesome. You guys were hanging out here. And they're like, oh, you, got, you guys are musicians, yada, yada, yada. We're like, yeah, we just got done playing a gig. Man, it's really cold out. Like, Yeah, just like just random. Chit-chat. Yeah, chit-chat. And um, then, like, one dude was, like, you know, he was, like, giving me a hard time, like, joking around. Yeah. I think he made some joke, and I made some, like, joke to him, too. Because, yeah. like, we're, like, bullshitting with each other. It's just, sure. like, being, like, funny. And then whatever, I think whatever joke I said, apparently one of the guys was, I don't know, took it wrong way and just turned around and punched me right in the face for no Holy reason. Holy shit. It was, I was literally, like, having a conversation with this person, laughing and having a good time. And then all of a sudden, I was had something hit me in the face and I was on the ground. What happened after that? Did they, did he get off you or who uh, was, uh, who, you said uh, Charlie was with you and who else? Um, Jeff and Ari. And then, um, yeah, Charlie beat the shit out of the dude who punched me and his two friends that were with him just ran and fled. <laughs> and Holy shit. So Charlie was just like, yeah, fuck that. Charlie's like, you can't hit my friend. Like literally hitting <laughs> I love him. Charlie so much. Hitting him with every syllable of that sentence. Shout and out to Charlie. What's Charlie's last name? Charlie Abbott. Shout out to Charlie Abbott, man, for avenging Scotty. Yeah. And immediately. Uh, immediately. Instant vengeance. It was just immediate. It was just like, that's my golf buddy. You can't. That's the <laughs> homie right there. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you punched my homie. I'm going to punch your face in now. It was pretty gnarly. I love that. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of it out there, and uh, it was the wildest thing that's probably happened on Broadway to me. So what ha- did the guy just end up getting up and leaving after that? or? Yeah, he just got up and ran. I mean, after Charlie beat him up, I don't know. I, I got up and like everything, they were all yeah, gone. Yeah, a lot but, was going on, I'm sure. Yeah, I think he just, Charlie kicked his ass and then he got up and just ran and even his friends thought he was crazy like they were like his friend's reaction was like dude what the fuck like what are you doing like are you crazy like yeah i don't know it was just pent up testosterone the guy probably like didn't get laid that night had too many (laughs) things to drink and just had to like take it out on somebody was just angry and I, i was an easy target yeah man broadway's getting crazier and crazier i didn't even realize this this is telling because I don't go down there very often, but I didn't even realize that last time I went down there that they, um, they block off the whole street now. Yeah. 
they do that when it gets like a lot of when there's a lot of people down there yeah yeah, that was wild to me because it's like you can't even drive on Broadway at all on no. like a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, it's it's like a music festival every weekend or yeah every weekend. It's a full yeah. blown music festival. It is it is it's it's a Broadway's a, a strange intersection of like people and time and space. It's yeah. just like anything goes, and it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, a glitch in the matrix. It really is. <laughs> it really is. All the interesting characters you see. Well, Scotty, where can people find you and or your band? They can find us on thegardenofedenband.com. That's awesome. And all of our stuff's on there. Social you know, media. Social media's on there, Facebook. So you just go to thegardenofedenband.com. Uh, you'll find us. You can you know email us, subscribe to us. Our shows are, on, um, are posted on our social media. Awesome. And what about you? Where can they find you at? Um, my Instagram's Scotty of Eden. Awesome. And that's probably the easiest place to find me. And then those Etsy stores will be up soon when people can uh, and people should be able to buy those. Yeah, the Etsy stores, the Garden of Eden shop, and uh, that'll that'll be on the website soon. So Coming soon. All that's yeah. all that's in the making. You know, we're just trying to figure it all out, how get it all going. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. Can't wait, dude. Yeah, man. I'm excited too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm glad we got to do this. And uh, Taylor. Thank you for letting me sit in. I appreciate it. And uh, until next time. Awesome.